When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, that's pretty good. Scotty Barnes selected as the injury replacement for the Toronto Raptors in the All-Star game. They have a representative, and even cooler, Scotty Barnes won't end up being one of those. This is the only guy to have X amount of points, X amount of assists, X amount of rebounds, stocks, steals, blocks, whatever, and end up not being selected to an All-Star game. Kind of what happened with Pascal last year because he got selected as an injury replacement. And you're like, man, if a guy putting up like 25, what, seven and six isn't getting in there, what are we really doing here? And with Scotty Barnes, you have the exact same thing. Massive numbers. He's been incredible this season and has made a jump in his game that a lot of people didn't expect. And some people did expect it. But even in that expectation, I think that there were jumps that were made that even, you know, went beyond what his biggest supporters thought, his biggest fans, biggest supporters in the analyst community, whatever. It even in the even in the front office, like Masai said he didn't expect Scotty to be this good. So to see him rewarded with an all-star selection is really cool, especially since Scotty pays attention to this stuff. And this stuff obviously matters to him a lot. We can think back to when he got rookie of the year, how meaningful that was for him. Let's read some statistics because I don't want to be on here too long. I just wanted to do a little podcast and video to kind of like commemorate this moment that Scotty, he did make it 20.2 points per game, 8.1 rebounds, 5.8 assists, the easy, easy stuff, the counting stats, 1.2 steals, 1.5 blocks, immense, immense season. It's not three stocks altogether, but this is firmly in the camp of, you know, the Ben Simmons style all-star seasons when he got selected. But Scotty's numbers are just way bigger, way more bombastic. And the scoring is just, it's on another level, quite frankly. 48% from the field, 36%, almost 37% from three on, get this, over five attempts per game. We look at Pascal, who his three has been climbing a little bit more this year. But it's on such small volume that you're like, hmm, does it affect the defense? What does it bring? The really incredible thing about Scotty is not that this year his jump to all-star form. It doesn't just include, you know, a significant rise in his three-point percentage at 0.365%, 36.5. It represents a significant uptick in volume, which allows defenses to respond to him accordingly, which allows him to space out for teammates, which allows the offense, the very fabric of it, to change for the better with him on the court. He's been great. Kind of uh, historic, not not just historic in the sense that he's the youngest all-star ever selected for the Raptors. I believe Vince Carter was 23 when he was selected. Scotty's just 22 years old. I think they were both their third season. But, you know, back then, guys stayed in college a little bit longer. And so you have this big uptick in volume from the three-point line. 
You have him still getting a lot of his own self-created baskets on the inside. You know, he's, I think Stevie on Twitter had mentioned that he's fifth in high leverage points at this point in the season, but only a handful of points behind Steph Curry, who's number one. Basically, Scotty Barnes has blocked the hell out of guys at the rim, created a lot of extra possessions for the Raptors in transition with turnovers, steals, blocks, all this kind of stuff, has done a tremendous job to work on his jumper to get it to the point where it's a real weapon and has still encompassed all the main things about his game that brought him to rookie of the year that made him somebody who even if he underwhelmed some people in his second season that sophomore season he still impressed people around the nba and for someone like myself who went and looked at all of the data and then rewatched all the film saw the passing did it a couple times over i thought that there was a lot of stuff meat on the bone i should say and I recognized him and thought, like, this is one of the best passers in the world. All that stuff is still relevant. Nothing dropped off for him. He's gotten better at a lot of things, and nothing has dropped off. Sometimes you see a trade-off when players are making that step. Their hierarchy of what they want to do on a given possession. Who knows? But Scotty, yeah, he's figuring stuff out. Yeah, he's trying to get to a level past this. But the fact that he's even taken this step, and it's really cool that the NBA, Adam Silver, has recognized this step and cataloged it with that all-star pin. You made it. You're of this class of player. I think that's fantastic, man. So it's historic in a sense, like he's the youngest Raptor to ever be selected. Of course, it's historic in that he won't be a snub who put up these gaudy, insane statistics, which people would have been able to point to, obviously. You know, when I was listening to the opposing broadcasts, a lot of times, they say that Scotty is the biggest snub that they could see. And that's people are looking at Scotty's numbers and they're looking at Chris Porzingis and they're looking at, I suppose, like maybe Derek White. I know Kobe White was on a, an infographic at one point. So he beat him. He beat them out. Andrew's Outdoor Adventures AOA says sign him the max. The Raptors certainly will. He is uh, he's definitely going to get that max. We have we have from Jordan says Chris Bosch is the younger youngest Raptor All Star. I have to look that up. I thought it was Scotty, but that's interesting because Chris Bosch did two years at Virginia Tech, didn't he? If I remember correctly, oh my goodness, no, he didn't. Oh, Chris Bosch, I'm lying to everybody. My apologies. He's not the youngest Raptor All Star. Chris Bosch made that 21, or during his 21 year old season. Egg on my face, obviously. Jordan, thank you for pointing that out. Regardless, let's not rain on anybody's parade here. Scotty made the all-star team. Um, on top of that, I kind of wanted to just like dig through some of his statistics. I've got uh, cleaning the glass up here. So basically, cleaning the glass, as far as I know, is, well, as far as I see it, is the best statistical website. So what they do is they categorize players into like forward, wing combo point big those types of categorizations and then they track people based on how they perform in their chosen statistics and then they give them a percentile rank so scotty is categorized as a forward he's been categorized as a forward rookie season sophomore season and third season his usage among forwards the 91st percentile 25.5 percent he's gotten a lot more of the basketball over four percent like if there's 100 possessions happening during a, a game, the usage percentage, Scotty is going to use four more of those possessions this season than he did last season. Very good. His points per shot attempt, 
way up compared to last season, 116 to 106. His assist percentage is in the 97th percentile for all forwards, 24.3%. Massive, massive numbers. Assist to usage percentage, 0.95, which is really good because assist to usage isn't everything and people are kind of over the assist to turnover ratio. It's no longer Chris Paul's NBA. However, it's nice to see big assist numbers against big um well he's he has he turns the ball over quite a bit but that's not here nor there really it's something everybody's working on he has big assist numbers to go along with it on top of that the shooting stuff so i love players who create their own shot i love players who create looks for others we knew for a very long time that scotty could create his own shot since coming into the nba he was a guy who could wriggle and mash his way into the middle of the defense able to get to spots on the floor and has had a tremendous touch shot. I've tracked his contested hook shots. So is sports info solutions, both his rookie season, and his sophomore season, both of them came back as elite. He, he's got incredible touch. You've seen it. His ability to square himself to the basket and just get the ball to like fall in is uncanny. And people will remember them most likely during these massive flurry of buckets in the fourth quarter self-creation, kind of bullfrogging into the lane, getting to a spot, putting the shot up, and scoring. Not to mention, like, you know, the Jeremy Sohan poster he got in San Antonio during that incredible fourth quarter. Not to mention that dunk on Max Christie, stepping through him, putting him in the rim that he got against the Lakers during that debacle that was, that we got the awesome Darko rant about Scotty, where he said he's the face of the league, he's going to do all this kind of stuff. And, yeah, so... Per forwards, he's in the 88th percentile as far as like assisted percentage. That means that only 12% of forwards are responsible for creating their own looks without an assist more often than he does. And that's fantastic because if you can create a bucket for yourself and others without needing an assist, that's that's great because it means you can work from static situations. You can build out offensive packages around that. Assisted at the rim. 56%, 79th percentile. Assisted in the mid-range, 36%, 87th percentile. Assisted three, 91%. Most threes are assisted. That's not a bad number. He's in the 82nd percentile. For a guy who we're, we're looking at him, right? Like, what what's going on here? What are you going to do as a shooter? What's going to happen when teams lay off you? How are you going to do when teams are playing that way that they did in January of last year, when everybody sank and teams were sitting in the paint. What he did was he went in the gym, he worked on it, he came back with like a truly, truly fantastic jumper, especially considering like where it was, where it is now. And here's my favorite statistic of the jump shot stuff. Non-corner threes. This is to me the biggest thing besides the blocks. This is the biggest thing that's allowed Scotty to make the all-star leap. 38% on non-corner threes. Above the break threes are farther away from the rim. Above the break threes are harder on average for NBA players to make because it's a farther distance. You know, the farther it is, usually pe the worse people shoot. And, for example, a lot of players over the past like 10 years during the three-point revolution have become okay three-point shooters that static shot from the corner pj tucker is the best example of this og ananobi to a lesser degree but og is not so bad above the above the break as well 
Pascal Siakam is a guy who's been limited as an above the break three point shooter. A lot of his like his big run as a three point shooter initially was reliant on corner threes in his third season. Scotty isn't reliant on corner threes. Corner threes are harder for the offense to create. Corner threes are something the defense is going to want to take away. And above the break threes are something that is available in a wide swath of actions. If you can hit the above the break three, not only can you shift the defense in a way that helps your teammates more, but you'll be able to control for your own three-point volume more. This step, not being reliant on being a corner three-point shooter, this is one of the biggest reasons why Scotty got selected as an all-star. When he is in a half-court sense, Scotty is still not elite at creating his own shot and building out offensive sets for other guys. That's something he's working on. He's 22, you know, for God's sake. It'll come, but how does he control his point scoring in the half-court? Because he's already one of the best transition players in all of the NBA as a scorer and as a passer. He hits above the break threes, which are available to him, which help out his teammates, which controls for his volume, and which, like, in a game like last night where it is lower volume, you see almost half of his shots come from the three-point line. He shoots it okay. In these games where it's hard to find the middle of the paint, yes, he needs to probe more going forward. But in these types of games, controlling is extremely important. That volume is massive. That three-point shot has buoyed his numbers in the half court. It's a huge deal. It is an immense job that he's done to work on his own skill progression to get this point. He's a guy who's dominated in all the in-between parts of the game. Transition, offensive rebound, cutting, all the stuff where you're like, I just have to be a good teammate, fill in the blanks, and work as like a wheel greaser in all these spots. He's been doing that for the first two seasons of his career. Hitting above the break threes, getting to use a little bit of his creation on ball. That's how he controls his usage and his point scoring. That's why we've seen him take that huge five-point-per-game jump across this season from 15.3 to 20.2 a lot of it is tied to the above the break three and if he was scoring 17 points per game he's not making the all-star game but because he's banging above the break threes he's got the big numbers he's north of 20 he made it so hell yeah joining me my guy bruce talk about scotty b the all-star yes sir who would have thought I mean, you. I think you had something. You probably pull up a tweet that you're like, he's gonna make the All Star game after like two weeks of the season. You're like, hell yeah, that's an All Star. Yeah, I was definitely. I wouldn't say I was early on it, but I was a big supporter of him making the game. I thought he definitely took that next step, and it was time for him, you know, really be cemented in the game. Are you surprised that he got selected? Not that he deserved it, but are you surprised that it happened? Uh, honestly, a little bit. I thought that Adam Silver would kind of, you know, reward the Celtics for the whole best record thing, maybe get them a third all-star in there. And I just thought that, yeah, I really thought that they would get a third all-star. And I thought that maybe because of Toronto's record, they might not, you know, look towards Scotty to, you know, be selected, but I'm glad that they did. Yeah. I just usually, because the Raptors, and this isn't Scotty's fault at all, but usually the record of the team is like very closely tied to all-star selections. The Raptors being 17 and 33, 12th in the Eastern Conference, and like five games out of not only like not a playoff spot, but a play-in spot. Mm-hmm. I wondered what they would think of that, especially with Boston being 38 and 12. You know, they're five games ahead of the second seed. I wondered, but honestly, I think that Scotty deserved it over Chris Tapps. He deserved mm-hmm. it over Derek White. For I also sure. think he deserved it over Jalen Brown. Like Jason Tatum to me 
is the only player on the Celtics who's better than Scotty. And Trey Young, I think, deserves it. Mm-hmm. I like there was the three guys who were there was like the sexy blogger pick in Derek White. Yeah. There was the like you're a big man and you score the ball and you're really important to the defense selection as far as Chris Stapps Porzingis. And then there was Scotty. And like obviously Trey, everyone knew Trey was getting selected. Yeah, he had to. It's like what is he, 27 and 10? He's averaging. It would be yeah. tough. Even though he hasn't gotten selected in past years. It's yeah. tough, man. It's tough to get selected as an all-star in this really league. Is. Like Darius Garland, nope. I know he's been injured, but like even during good seasons, he made it in his what his second or third year in the league, and then not the year after. Usually mm-hmm. when a guy makes it that early, that's like perennial every year, every year, every year. Darren Fox didn't make it this year. Yeah, that's, Isn't that kind of crazy? It's really rough to make it. Too many good guards in the league. They need to expand the rosters. Yeah. More spots. 15, I think, right? Yeah, 15 is a sweet spot. Perfect. Okay, so I have a question, though. So if they go 15, you know that Derek White would have made it, right? I mean, it's a, a worthy sacrifice to get to 15. I'll sure. Say. It's it's the one-year sacrifice to get to 15 over the course of it. Okay. Exactly. I think it – who was the – was it J.J. Redick has, like – a. He's the guy who did like the video. He's like, it needs to go to 15 because of X, yeah. Y, and Z. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's kind of reminisce on a little bit of Scotty stuff so far this season. What's your favorite performance from him this year? Man, there's just so many to choose from, but probably the performance against Chicago, I think, in the second time that they played, I'm pretty sure. That was uh post post Siakam trade, yeah. Mm-hmm. That he would he was like 33 or 31 points in that game, right? Yeah. I just remember him just like really controlling and dominating the game. And just, it was just really amazing to watch because when you compare it from, you know, his earlier seasons, he just looks a lot different, you know, this season, especially with the three ball coming out that night, like it has all season. But yeah, that, that was definitely my favorite Scotty moment slash game of the season. Just a crazy yeah, so game for him. There was, um, yeah, Chicago right after the Pascal trade. 11 of 18 from the field. He got to the line for nine free throws. He finishes with 31 points, three blocks, three steals, six assists, seven rebounds. His game score for people who care about that is 27.4. Just like an immense performance Mm -hmm. and one of the most impressive we've seen from him this season. My favorite game, honestly, was probably the, the Spurs game. That huge comeback. What was it? 22 points. They came back. Yeah, right. And it was like, Scotty versus Wemby, it was what the, the seventh game of the season. Scotty, it doesn't like the numbers don't look insane. Like nine of twenty from the field is not crazy. Mm-hmm. Five of ten from three though. Got to the line eleven times. Had eleven rebounds. Had six assists. Had three steals. Had three blocks. Finishes with thirty points. His ability to just like move through games. And this is even during the quiet games, right? Where everyone's like, ah, oh, Scotty, like, we kind of want you to pour it on a little bit. Like, everybody mm-hmm. talking about the Thunder game where they're like, we would have liked a little bit more. He still finishes with 19, 7, and 9. You know, like, he just kind of, like, sleepwalks into a tremendous amount of statistics that when That's he actually, like, word. when he finds, like, that third quarter burst or that fourth quarter burst, you're going, to, you're going north of, like, 23. Mm-hmm. He's just, like... If he finds the pat like the scheme that he finds the the wiggle room on the inside to get to his spots, big big numbers. And when he doesn't, he's still been spacing out as a three point shooter, so he can still like slowly accumulate points. Kind of chip in a little bit. 
Yeah. And there's been like the the Spurs game is obviously an indicator of that, like that takeover ability. We've mm-hmm. seen it over the course of his three seasons. And on top of that, we see against the Chicago the Chicago game you're referencing, he got the Raptors, even though they lost ultimately, back into that game because they yeah. broke scheme and they just said, Okay, we're gonna go to Scotty in the post. And he I think he created probably like eighteen or twenty points, not just for himself, but out of the post for himself and others. Yeah, it was going to taking the dribble middle, finding Thad shaping to it in the dunker spot, like that kind of stuff. That's fantastic. Phoenix Plays E says here that youngest player in NBA history to average 25 5, one steal, and one block, by the way. So I initially, I don't know if you saw this, Makai, but I wrote historic because I think, I guess I forgot that Chris Bosch was selected as a younger all star than. Um, Scotty, and I was like, Scotty's the youngest Raptor All Star ever. So egg on my face. I'm a dumbass, but it's still historic. Yeah, it's still historic because you know, as Phoenix Plays E says, um, you know, he's got the statistics for me. Um, yeah. Per stat muse says Phoenix Plays E. This is a cool thing. I'm I'm excited to watch him in the All Star game, catch a couple lobs. Where? I like I don't know if he'll be in like a skills challenge or something like that. I don't know if they're still. I like that too, honestly. Scotty, I think I think he do well in the skills challenge. Yeah, honestly, like there's I don't know if they're still doing like the team linkups and all that kind of stuff. Like I don't really know, but as far as that goes, I just it's it would be cool to see him like running the court, like mm-hmm. the big throw ahead dribble, the passing because he's one of the most accurate passers that I've seen over the past however long, and then yeah. shooting. I think he can do just as well. Um, is there anything you're looking forward to in particular from like All Star Weekend for Scotty? For Scotty, I think it's just just see some great dunks because the All Star game, like besides the year that Kobe passed away, they didn't really take it that seriously. It's just been back to the usual, like you know, it's just we're just gonna you know throw some lives, get some threes up. So for Scotty, a, a good All Star game is probably maybe like three dunks, you know, some pretty cool looking dunks. Maybe get out some great ones, some lob dunks, like. Some great passes, some half court passes, like just all the flashy stuff you know you can do. I think when it comes to Scotty, he's not like dunk contest level dunker. Yeah. I think when you're when you're too long, people don't get as gassed for your dunks. Like, or if you're too tall and too long, like a mm-hmm. Wembenyama dunk, he has to like jump from an insane amount away, or he has to like put a guy in the rim with him for anyone to be like, oh, nice. And Scotty, when I see him like in practice or in, like, clips that the team promotes, his, like, fancy dunk is usually, like, between the legs or the reverse 360, you know, Mm -hmm. like the Vince Carter, like, you go against the grain. So Mm -hmm. I expect to see something like that. Phoenix Plays E brings up kind of the funny thing. I'm sure you remember it, Kai. When Maxi and Barnes were both rookies, or sorry, Maxi was a second-year player, Scotty was a rookie, and they were in the skills challenge together, Mm -hmm. they didn't make a single shot. Uh, you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Okay. Now, here they are. Wouldn't it be cool if they paired them up again for, like, the ultimate redemption? You know? That would be nice. Now they're yeah. both all-stars. They really done, you know, made it. Maybe they could redeem themselves in the challenge. Who else? I Actually, tell me Tell me just, like, tell me what you think about Scotty's season overall. I need to go look up who else was in that, that challenge to see, like, if they're the first guys to make the all-star team. But, yeah, go off. Yeah, Scotty season overall. I mean, I remember I remember we did a preseason podcast where it was like, let's kind of, you know, kind of try to guess Scotty's stats. 
And a lot of the guesses that I was like thinking in my head, I'm like, I don't want to get too crazy because like for him to jump from like what was he averaging last year? Like 15 points, right? 15.3. Yeah, last year he was averaging like 15. So I was saying like a modest like 18 points. But he really just has blown every one of my expectations out of the water, whether it be on defense, whether it be as a three-point shooter, whether it be as a passer. Like he's just really the kind of improvement that Scotty has had, you know, from last year to this year is kind of crazy. And especially, you know, I know he did a piece on his improvement as a shooter. So his improvement as a shooter has been pretty kind of unprecedented as well. And it just really goes to show, like, sometimes these players aren't lying. Like, when they say, like, you know, like, immediate days, like, oh, well, what did you work on? Oh, yeah, I've been working on shooting. I'm going to be a great shooter. And then it's like, you know, all right. But he really went out and, like, you know, really was a great shooter this year. It's kind of crazy. I uh, When I was looking at, like, media day, for when I talked to Scotty, and you've heard me say this before, I talked to Scotty at the year, the end of last season, and I thought it was crazy because I've told this anecdote before. Sorry to everybody who's heard it, but he mentioned to me, like he's going in the off season, and he's like, I got to work on my cardio. I want to get in like better endurance and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, that seems a little bit odd, and maybe that's my aesthetic bias because he looks like an immense. You know, he's like he looks like an in incredible shape and mm-hmm. he is. But talking about like cardio, when a lot of people are obviously at that time, he had just shot like 29 percent from three. They're thinking like skill progression, the handle, the jump shot. And he says, I need to like get in better shape to play the full game. And then I was like, I feel like he's just saying something. And he comes back on media day and he's like, yeah, I worked on getting in better shape so I can play. And I was like, you Really? I couldn't believe it. And not in not in like a, this was the wrong thing to work on way. Just like, oh, a lot of players say they're going to work on something and they're just kind of like talking to media. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's your quote. But mm-hmm. Scotty obviously did. And you see it, you know, the, the statistic that Phoenix quoted 25 and five with one block and one steal, at least is like you're expending a ton of energy all over the floor. Yeah, he really Scotty, is. Scotty is like whether it's being like that backline sweeper where you have to cover a lot of ground that we saw mm-hmm. Pascal kind of emerge in, Scotty in that role. Jaron Jackson Jr. is probably the best at it across the last like maybe five, ten years of the NBA. That's a lot of like a lot of cardio. You got to get up yes. and down the floor. You got to get, get around the court. And like when he gets the when he always gets the rebound, is always pushing it, yep. you know, multiple times per game. A lot of cardio there. And we also see him, of course, um, playing like above the break too. They'll use him in a ton of different schemes, like as a point of attack defender and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's been cool to see. Let me, here's a good one. Let me read some quotes from Reddit. Cause I've been digging around on this. Oh, Reddit. So, Hello. Reddit's great. Scotty Barnes and Tyrese Maxey in the skills challenge. Top comment. Two unclassy overrated bums with zero real rings fitting whatever okay no okay i don't want to do that but anyway people are talking a lot of trash about these guys and they both went on to be like the best players out of that grouping i can't find who the group was though it's all just like oh scotty wanted to hug tyrese tyrese and scotty didn't hit anything but i don't want to watch it all back but yeah anyway i think i'm just gonna say like hey this is it's cool to see that those are probably the two best players from that skills challenge at that time and then Obviously, you know, they're all stars now, which is awesome. 
Um, people are talking about like cardio and chat with like Steph Curry. Solar Terra says strength and conditioning helped Grady and Scotty shoot the three much better. Yeah, I the the Grady comment is from me for what it's worth. Like that that quote is from me at Summer League. So as far as like the Grady stuff, I'm aware. I don't think Grady's conditioning is at the point where we can say like it worked and it's here. Um, he has been shooting the ball better lately, which is really nice. And it's mostly because of, you know, the corner threes. But yeah, um, it's nice to see Scotty like translate a bunch of stuff to his game. It's nice to see Grady kind of picking it up. I, of course, is that Kobe in the background? Yeah, he's fessing Bring around. Bring him on screen, man. You think these people don't want to see a dog? Bring Come Kobe here. on screen. Come here. So he's got that dog in him just like Scotty. As far as like Scotty, though, I think we're getting near the end of this. Hell yeah. There he is. Superstar. Kobe, say hi. He got crazy. He hates screens. Oh, really? Yeah. Every time I tell him to look at the screen, he starts tweaking. Like, oh, wow. You know, That's kind of me. elite. You know, kids these days. Opposite of an iPad kid. Yeah, exactly. He's the opposite of an iPad kid. That's kind of funny. Um, let's do, before we get out of here, expectations for Scotty for the rest of the season. And then kind of, you know, I'll do a plug for the live podcast at the because that's in a few hours from now. But what are your expectations yeah, big for, for the rest of the year? But for the rest of the year, I think post-trade, he's definitely been getting a lot more attention. And he's definitely been having to grow through some of those things. So I think for the rest of the year, just see him kind of handle the defensive attention, you know, better and better. And not to say that he's like played bad, but I do think that he was, you know, much more what was the word for it he was much more productive earlier in the season and i feel sure. like this you know after the post siakam trade things have kind of looked differently for him so really just handling the kind of attention that stars get that all stars get and my expectations for him is just you know still be a great defender still be great you know on the back line still you know be a good shooter above the break corner wherever it is and just kind of you know being a great playmaker as well i don't expect you know, him to like jump up and score in production because of the attention, but maybe a little jump in assists. I would probably expect that. That's, I think that's probably about where I am too. It's tough to score like north of 20 points every game. That consistency is like tough to come by. Yeah. And especially the thing that I want to see is like you can see it. There wasn't really much of a free throw attempt jump from year one to year two. There's been a meaningful one from year two to year three. As Scotty takes less threes, because what's happened basically is this is borne out in the numbers as well. Pascal leaves. Pascal Siakam is one of the most often doubled players in the NBA. When you have a player who gets doubled, teams will often collapse middle, leaving people open to shoot threes. Basically, I think Scotty is like between one and one and a half less wide open three point attempts per game. And since Pascal left, he's shooting worse on catch and shoots. He's shooting worse overall from three. And I think that's probably just a product of like less of those big wide open attempts. He is, yeah. however, getting into the lane more often, which is fantastic. The thing I want to see is like, yes, some of that creation in the lane to create assists, whether it's out to the three point line for guys like quickly, Barrett every once in a while, maybe Wara, depending on how it goes the rest of the season. We'll see what happens with Gary over the course of the trade deadline. I'm not sure, but I want to see free throws. Like if he's going the games where he goes north of six free throw attempts, I'm very happy. The same way, like, you know, you look for these small things that you want to see 
I want to see Grady just getting shots up. Yeah. That's that's my that's my greedy thing for Grady is like just want to see him get shots up because he does the in-between stuff so well. Scotty's been doing tremendous in-between stuff for forever. I just want to see him with that big hulking body and the fact that he can get downhill and dribble and he can put guys in jail and guys do struggle with his physicality. Get to the line. At four attempts per game, I want to see that big post-All-Star break. I want to see like six attempts per game. Paolo Boncaro does it. Better player than Paolo Boncaro. He's been better this season. Go prove it again. Get to the line more often than this guy. So that's kind of um, that's kind of where I'm at. Van Hoot 2234 says, can I buy the Minute Basketball shirt and not go to the RR party? I like we're selling them there. So I don't know what. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and like, yeah, my apologies. Although I do really love that you're interested in the in the minute basketball shirt because it is it's cool as hell. Um, yeah, shout I out Caitlin like, Cooper. And shout out Caitlin Cooper as well, of course. Um, that's that's the hot girl basketball shirt that I'm wearing right now. Yes, sir. She's got me. She. I have three Caitlin Cooper shirts at this point in time. She. Yeah. Merched out. Merched out. Yeah. Van Hoot, two, two, three, four. When I go there, Lewis will be bringing the shirts because they're at his house. I'll count and see how many there are. And if like there's some at the end, I'll keep it in mind and I might grab one for you. And then you just let me know in chat or whatever, or hit me up on Twitter. Um, that's kind of my thoughts on that. I'm selling merch instead of doing a podcast. My goodness. Yeah, I got the capitalism entrepreneur brain right I'm now. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I, th- I feel like that's about a podcast. I'll take this time at the end of it to give everybody a plug. I think there's still a couple, maybe a few tickets left to the live show downtown in Toronto tonight. The doors open at six. The first panel is like at maybe quarter after seven with myself, William Liu, Amana Don, Esfandiar Barahini, and Trevon Heath. And that's the yeah. And that's the the first panel. So that'll be fun. We're talking about kind of like expectations trade speculation, vibes, etc. The second panel of the night will be hosted by Lewis Satzman with Blake Murphy, uh, also Lindsey Dunn, also Brandon Leftwich, also Andrew Damlin, and I think that's it as well. So that's the podcast. So hell yeah, that'll be good. Coco says not capitalism. I only say it in jest. You know, I say I say it because it's it's the opposite of my I suppose beliefs. Anyway, um Makai, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, buy your tickets for the live podcast show. It's going to be great. It's always great every year. Show some love. Show some support. Let's get this money. Yeah. Van Hoot 2234 says Makai is a man of taste based on his background posters. Hell yeah. I appreciate that, Van Hoot. Yeah. Okay. Makai, I feel like we can get out of here. Um, also, if anybody wants to follow Makai on Twitter, is it still Makai French Fry? Is that the at? Just Kai. Kai French Fry. Okay. Well, there you go. Kai French Fry. Type that in on Twitter. Follow an up-and-coming writer. The man who is going to eventually have this podcast for me someday. If 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 uh, if I ever get uh, purchased, out, bought out by one of the, the big companies or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll see some of y'all at the, the podcast tonight. Thanks, everybody, for hopping in. I guess like the video on your way out. It's free. It helps the algorithm, etc. From myself and Makai and Kobe, of course. Uh, we'll see you. Okay. Bye-bye. Peace.